welcome to the very first episode of Carry On Up The Village. I'm Christopher, and this is The Village. This is The Misses. Hi, I'm Fiona. Thank you for downloading this podcast. I hope you enjoy it. Now, for those of you who are familiar with our previous podcast, Carry On Up The Misses, welcome back. To everyone who hasn't listened to Carry On Up The Misses, go and listen to that. But welcome to our prisoner podcast, Carry on up the village. Do you want to explain to those who don't know what Carry on up the missus is about? What it's about? They, you probably twigged by now. Probably a good idea. Uh, in <laughs> Carry on up the missus, uh, we watch a Carry on film or a, or associated uh, shit TV, <laughs> rubbish TV, uh, and talk about it and discuss it. Um, we comment on the dated nature of some of the uh, references to to women in particular. Mm-hmm. That's always fun. And so enjoyable have we found that, um, that we have decided to uh, do a similar podcast, but this time about The Prisoner, marking the 50th anniversary, which falls on this very day as we are recording, and, fingers crossed, as it will be uh, originally uh, posted on the uh, interweb sphere. Okay. And similarly to Carry On Up The Misses, I, The Misses, have not really watched this before. Whereas you, the Mister, has uh, seen all of them and is a bit of a fan. Yes, I mean I'm not an organised fan. What's um, an organised fan? Like, I'm not like I'm, in a group. Yeah, I'm not like okay. in a group or you know I don't go to conventions or anything like Are that. Are there conventions? Oh yeah, there's one happening right now. I in can imagine Port Marion. Where's that? Oh, where's Port Marion? It's in North Wales. Oh, but the 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 setting of the of the place. Yes. Okay. I've, I have visited Port Marion. I have bought the requisite tats from the shop, um, and uh, so sad. I know. I've I have I, I must confess I've recorded it off the TV. I didn't buy the VHS videos, but I have bought the uh, Blu-rays for this. For well, no, I bought it for myself because you like but buying. This things. is just uh, this is just a, a good use of it. <laughs> Um, I've read books about it, etc., and articles uh, and what have you. Um, so yes, I so I come to it with a bit more knowledge than you. So what what is the extent of your knowledge? If I asked you to give me everything you know about the prisoner, go. I, I do recall watching it, maybe only once, maybe more than once. I have a feeling there's a bit of repetition of events during the uh, episodes. Um, as a child. Early teen, would that be the right time? That would seem about right. And I remember that it was a bit weird. Mm-hmm. I, I, I even got the sense at that time that it was cultish. You know, it was like cool to, to, to watch this and, and want to understand it. Mm-hmm. So I didn't dismiss its weirdness. But I remember big white bulls chasing the man. Mm-hmm. Um, it's some kind of warden people bull thing. And there's all the thing about him trying to find out what's going on. I think it's going to be similar to that first episode of The Danger Man you made me see, where he doesn't really know what's going on. Oh, yes. And he has to kind of play along to get information to try and figure out what's going on. That's kind of what I think it Mm -hmm. is going to be like. But I think I'll be quite confused. And there's probably a whole lot of symbology. Symbology? Um, <laughs> Symbolism? That's the word. Um, and references to maybe historical events or things like that. They'll just pass me by. 
I'll just think it's weird. I think it's going to be a bit Twin Peaksy, um, where just stuff happens and you have to just let it go. And you think that will be explained later on, or not? Or I think it probably won't. I think right. I'm going to get incredibly frustrated when it, either he wakes up and it's all a dream, or he we never find out what it's all about. He just escapes. Ah. Or you think he'll escape? Or he has to choose between knowing and escaping. Oh. That would be interesting, wouldn't it? Interesting. We'll probably come back to this as the series goes on, and feel free at any point to you know give your view on. I think this is going to happen now. Okay. I will. Okay then. So you see, this is this is the sort of level of of knowledge that Fiona is is bringing to it, um, which is very little. I uh, can't do hand gestures. You can't to do hand gestures on the podcast. No. I did a little zero there. My a little back. zero. Yes. Right. Um, she made a mouth with her hands. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's an in-joke for nobody who's ever actually to listen to the uh, to the podcast. Um, so, yeah, so as you've mentioned there, we have watched, to get a bit of context for this, we have watched a couple of episodes uh, of Danger Man over the last couple of weeks, which was the previous um, Patrick McGowan starring vehicle. What did you think of those episodes? For those in the know, we watched two episodes, um, The Ubiquitous Mr. Lovegrove, and the outcast. Now, to be frank, I picked them because they had carry-on actors in them, uh, rather than because they were particularly um So that was the first, first one of the series, the no, one we saw? No. Uh, to be honest, the Ubiquitous Mr. Lovegrove was not very representative of Danger Man. I think the outcast was a bit more representative of, of right. what Danger Man was like. So from that, you know, what did you think of Patrick McGowan and, as an actor? Well, I'm going to hold that thought and, and comment about the old telly. Old telly. Now, this isn't really an uh, an issue with um, carry-on films, but old telly is slower. Mm-hmm. And that's what I remembered when watching The Danger Man and think the prisoner's going to be a bit like. Mm-hmm. There'll be a lot of arty cinematic shots Mm-hmm. With not much happening, um, close-up faces, all of that, because it's for little tellies as well. Little tellies, yeah. Um, Patrick McGowan. 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 <laughs> You've got to get that right. Patrick McGowan, someone else, isn't no. he? No, Alistair McGowan and no, someone that's else. Kathy McGowan, someone else. There's not a Patrick. No, I don't think so. Um, I'm drawn to him. There probably is, because Patrick McGowan will be a nearly famous person. You know, like. Um, Danny Barker or Ronnie Baker. I'm nearly famous. I've nearly got a famous name. Patrick McGowan. Right. Sorry, carry on. Um, Back to Patrick McGowan. Richard, who's that poet you like? Roger McGough? Yeah. So Not it's Richard McGough. He'd be a very close, <laughs> he'd be a very nearly famous person. Dave. Anyway, um, yes, so I'm drawn to him. You're drawn to him? Oh, interesting. I, I quite like his kind of moody sultriness. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe it might get a bit too moody and sultry, and I want a bit of jazz hands. I don't okay. think he does jazz hands. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's it's kind of James Bondy, you know. Well, yeah, I mean that Patrick McGowan was was. I'm not sure who was offered the role of James Bond, but he was certainly sounded out mm. for the role of James Bond, but he refused it. Oh, why? Uh, because. 
uh, he had very strong uh, religious beliefs. He wouldn't work on a Sunday, can he? I don't know if he wouldn't work on a Sunday, but he certainly um, was not interested in uh, being involved in any love scenes, etc. Um, well, I suppose that doesn't happen on the day no, tour, does it? and he also strongly resisted ever being seen um, firing a gun or uh, causing someone's death that wasn't absolutely necessary. So, if you take away women and guns, it's not James Bond. you're not going to have a lot of fun as James Bond, are you? But it's an interesting um, constraint that I might recognise in these shows. You, you, we might comment that some things mm-hmm. you think, if it wasn't for him, that might have been written like this. Yes, and I mean, more importantly is, of course, that he di- he did devise, write and direct some of The Prisoner. Oh, did he? Uh, he is. It is very much his show. Uh, okay. He's He's the idea. But man, the Danger Man wasn't. Danger Man wasn't, but because he became such a big star, and this is the other thing about him, he was a massive star on British TV and on American TV, very rare at any time, but certainly very rare in the 60s. So when he, basically, he resigned from Danger Man, um, although they would have continued making them, you know, How many did forever. they make? Uh, I think they made about 87 altogether. Oh, so really? It, it had gone, well, so well, how long was he, was he doing that? Like well, he started in 1960. Uh-huh. And there was a couple of series in night, or a, a, a long series in 1960, 61. Uh, and then I don't know if I've got the dates absolutely right, but there was definitely sort of this, this first series half hour episodes. Huge hit in Britain, big hit in America. So, um, Lou Grade, Lord Grade, later Lord Grade, a uh, big media mogul in the 60s, um, persuaded him to do more. Uh, bigger budget. This is now going to be the, the episodes we've seen, the 50-minute episodes, mm-hmm. sold to American TV, prime time. Um, but for all the talent that was involved, because he was the big star, he could dictate a bit about things like, I'm not you know, being involved in love scenes, yeah. I'm not killing people. Um, and so he essentially held the balance of power there. Mm. And when he said, I'm not doing any more, they stopped. weren't doing any more. Yeah. So, and when he went to Lou Grade and said, I'm not doing any more, and I want to do my own show, Lou Grade said, you're the man, Patrick. Mm. What's it all about? Now, I'm not sure that after that, I can't think of any other actor who was huge on TV who ever actually did that, mm. as in their own idea. Mm. I know that there have been actors since, and you could say the likes of John Thor, David Jason, they could get programmes made if they liked them. Mm. I mean, David Jason liked Inspector Frost and wanted to be Inspector Frost, right. so that was he kind of um, instigated that. But to actually say, I've got an idea mm. and, and we're going to do it, I think that's pretty rare. Um, so when did he start now. making The Prisoner? He started making The Prisoner in September 1966. So a whole year before it was due to right. broadcast. Um I don't know how much we want to get into the behind-the-scenes stuff now. We'll maybe do that as the Well, I have another rest. question for you. Mm-hmm. Did you watch it as a child? I, well, I first saw it. There was a series of... Um, well, I first saw it. Uh, there was a series on Channel 4 called TV Heaven, presented by Frank Muir, uh, beginning of 1992, when I was 13. And every week, we a different year, and they would show three or four programmes from that year. 
um, and one of the years was 1968, and I think it was actually the last week of it, and they showed an episode of The Prisoner. Mm-hmm. And my father, who was had watched it originally back in 1967, um, was very excited about this, and so we sat down to watch it, and he was a bit disappointed for reasons that when we see the episode, mm-hmm. um, I'll we'll explain to you, yeah. but those who are in the know might know why people were generally disappointed with the episode that was chosen for for TV heaven. It didn't feature something that's pretty typical of oh, the right. um, But I saw that, and then a few months later, in fact, it must have been for the 25th anniversary, Channel 4 showed the whole thing. Now, this is, I think, when you would have seen it. Yeah. Now, but you Was it like tea time? No, it, it really wasn't. It was like half past 10, 11 o'clock at night. So that's why I wonder about you saying that you've seen it at tea time. There were repeats later, a few years later, but they were like on the satellite channel Bravo, and I don't believe your family would have had mm. would have been would have been alighted upon the satellite channel Bravo at any point. It might be like late at night, and I just and you just can't. Or, there might, or maybe one of your brothers went to it, or even your dad, because no, he would have been the right. I think the only reason I thought it was tea time because I remember watching it in the kitchen. But ah. sometimes. Um, when there was something I didn't want to watch happening in the lounge, I watched TV in the kitchen. Or so. if your mum and dad wanted to watch something, would you have been relegated to the kitchen? Yeah. But it might have been that then. Yeah. So that was when I watched it, taped it all then, and watched it a couple of times off mm. those um, VHSs. VHSs. I think I still actually have those VHSs. Oh, you don't surprise me. So we might need to dig them out at some point. And throw them Did away. You see the adverts. Get the adverts. Adverts from 25 years ago. What I, could be better? I do like the adverts, but... We don't need stuff like that. Okay. We don't need, anyway, we don't need the adverts, apparently. A whole can of worms there if yeah. you start talking about the stuff you have. So, yeah, so I watched it then, so that's kind and of where I... Did you watch it with your dad? I'm not... I think you might have watched a couple of episodes, because I was taping them. We could watch them later on. Yeah. Um, but I don't really... We didn't watch them kind of religiously at that point. And dad did together. No, no, no. But you watched it every day, every week, or whatever it was on. Every week. It was shown weekly. And you watched it yeah. straight away. More or less, yeah. And you loved it. Oh yeah. Oh, well, you'll see when you see it. I don't think I'm. I'm not sure I've ever come across anybody who doesn't like it. That's. that's Ooh. I think. I think. Brace yourself, people. It might be me. I think that might be because when people watch it, they either just give up on it right away. Yeah. So can they would just go? "Eh, Not for me. But I've never heard anybody go, "The prisoner is rubbish," Mm. and here is why. Well, there must be people who think that. Mm. Um, but do you? Did you like it more than the carry-ons? <laughs> um, it, Is that like saying, "Did you like cake more than cheese?" Yeah, it's a bit kind of. <laughs> there's a bit of difference here. I think. There By are the things. way, my answer's cheese. <laughs> I think my answer would depend on my mood a bit. Like this, like some days you want to watch a carry-on film, some days you want to watch The Prisoner. But all days you want to cheese. Uh, but not not sometimes though. No, all times. What? But what if you I had mean, a lot of cheese? cheese you want you some could, cake then? Cheese you can have for breakfast, like on eggs, and for lunch as a sandwich, but and for dinner as a breakfast as well. You can't have cake for breakfast. <laughs> you can't have cake for breakfast. <laughs> what about like croissants or pan au chocolat? Is that not kind of like a cake? No, a muffin is though. There you go. Hmm. How have we ended up here? This is this is what Patrick McGoon had in mind. <laughs> when he said, "I want I want to make I want to make a you know a, 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 a artistic television series where people talk is that people what this end is? up thinking about cake and cheese." Well, it, it's more than just a weekly serial about a spy. 
It's about a spy. Well, I mean, Danger Man's a weekly serial about a spy. Uh-huh. So, oh, it's you know, more it's, it's than, more than that. Okay. You, can't, you can't really explain it in one line. You can explain the beginning of can it Can you in be one a bit line. too pretentious about it? Oh, definitely. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> now, is that what we might suffer with this? Well, let's see. You might find yourself tempted to become pretentious, uh, pretentious about it. No, I meant you. Me? Yeah. Oh, probably, but I'll be asking you that. This is not like the carry-ons. You're going to have to think. Oh, God. <laughs> You're going to have to think. Uh, well, I've always got an opinion. Speaking of which, I want to have a little word with those of you who may be familiar with The Prisoner about episode order, um, which is, although we will be... <laughs> this is the simple... It's just to let you know, no correspondence will be entered into, etc. Oh, we not got, got no about this. Oh, um, so we do have an email. We do have, we do have. <laughs> we'll do that at the end. Um, but um, the prisoner was made in a certain order, and it was broadcast in a certain order. But because of certain behind-the-scenes problems, um, by the end they were making the shows and broadcasting them at the same time, not like live, but you know they were still in production while they were broadcasting. Um, which means that there are, you know, there is no doubt that the order in which they were broadcast would not have been the order that had Patrick McGowan or the other minds behind it sat down and said, this is the order we want them out in, uh, be the order. Um, now, I think that makes it kind of unique in TV in that it almost allows the viewer to become partly the author and to determine, oh, well, I think it should be like this. So I have come up with, a, with an order that we're going to watch them in, um, and... There you go. It's not the original broadcast order. Are there other orders out there? There's, I think there's about four different sort of... There's the broadcast order, there's the American broadcast order, there's an order that was put together for another set of broadcasts, and there's an order that's put together by the sort of official fan club kind of thing. It's none of those. So the official... Why why don't you follow the official fan club one? Because I think it's better this way. And that's it. Can it's, you know, it's, it's... No, I'm not being smug. It's, it's, can it's... It's a legitimate theory. And do that prisoner fans have a nickname? Well, I don't. I'm not sure they do. Some people, have, uh, although I think this is actually just one sort of organisation. It's called the Unmutual. Is that a thing? Uh, you'll see it comes up, yeah. But no, they're not like prisoneries or yeah, prisnuvians or <laughs> prisnu. Let's call them prisnuvians. You like that, don't yeah, you? Yeah, let's call them prisnuvians. Um, do we have to refer to them? Maybe. We're if, not just, well, just, just for the Prisnuvians. Are quite if you interact with us, we'll call you whatever you like. Uh, not necessarily. Why? We might call you what we like. What if they interact with us badly? <laughs> See? And Prisnuvians do have a, a reputation, may be undeserved, for being quite precious about the prisoner. Nothing like Carry On fans or Doctor Who fans or... I think more than any of these fans. Are they... Is the reputation? I do not say that this is right or wrong or true or not. Um, I would I would not cast aspersions on on anyone. Is it because of the culty nature of it? Oh, absolutely. That has drawn in the lose the L nature. No. Lose the L. No. All oh, right. Okay. <laughs> Does a, a, are these the biggest cults you'll come across? Yeah. Do the biggest cults attract the biggest cults? Yes. I don't know. I don't know. As I say, I've not got any direct experience to, to cast aspersions. That is just the reputation that I feel that they have. Based on things you read on message boards and things like that, 
Doesn't that make you one of them? No, You've been on message boards and stuff. Uh, well, no, because... You're exposed enough to them, so you must have... If I say yes, will you stop going down this road? <laughs> Just saying you okay. <laughs> You can't say... That's, a, that's a, not a good term to use. Well, apologies to anyone who might be offended by that term. All right. Anyway, of the, which I was getting to was, it's going to be in the order it's going to be in. Yeah. Live with it. Uh, and we are going to do the 2009 revival. And we're going to do it in the middle. So look out for that, fans of the 2009 revival. Where are you? Um, so that's to let you know about that. Uh, and Is this just you making a shit sandwich? <laughs> Could be. Um, I don't know. You're doing it with a bloody carry on laughing, aren't you? <laughs> we're we're at carry on laughing at the moment. It is even I will admit it is it is not good. Carry but, on laughing or not or not. Um, and the other thing is about the frequency of these podcasts. The aim is to get them out one a week as oh. we do them. Oh yeah, but we probably won't keep that I frequency. I think you said one a month. No, that's that's going to be the next one. Oh, for God's sake! <laughs> but we probably won't. But as you can hear, we probably won't meet that frequency. So they'll come that's when they guys. come. They'll come when they come. It's only an hour. Uh, they'll come when they come. So, are you ready? Bring it on. Well, hang on though, because you do have a choice of viewing. What? There's not just the prisoner on at this stage. There are other things on. Too. Oh, are you doing viewing listings? On you BBC One, we could watch. The Hippodrome Circus, Great Yarmouth. But the thing is, we can't watch these things. No. But would you rather have watched this than The Prisoner? No. New drama series with Patrick McGowan. Carry on. This is an excerpt from the 1967 show with Liberty Horses, The Svensons, Johnny, The Four Angli, Zelka, Jerry, Gabriella, The Amentagoff Troupe, The Digger Push, The Digger Push, Caribbean Girls, and the orchestra under the direction of Derek Eels. Or, on BBC Two, for those of a more sophisticated bent, a repeat of Outlook from 1966, Towards World Government? A study of the United Nations, Episode 4, The Question of Sovereignty. How much sovereignty have nations already surrendered to the UN and other organisations? What are the obligations and powers of an international civil servant? Now, that's a programme that could very easily be shown these days, especially in this country. Uh, and Are you hoping that, we're going to go international? Oh, possibly. The prisoners are very popular internationally. Hello to all our international listeners, and all our domestic listeners too. We love you all. Um, and after that, the big M, a thriller in six parts. Part five. Johnny is overpowered in his office, and the tape recording is stolen. He regains consciousness to find Inspector Spade, might be a misprint, waiting to arrest him on suspicion of murdering Candy Hassett. Sounds exciting. Or but you would wouldn't you start watch... watching part five. No, you wouldn't at part five, but we might have watched parts one to four, although it was shown on Tuesday, so we might have watched it on Tuesday. No video recorders in them bar days. Mm. So, with those three options, because there will only be three options, and by the way, we either live in... I think ATV, which is the Midlands, or Grampian, because they're the only two they're the only two regions that showed it on this night. Really? Yeah, Canada got it weeks ago. Bloody Canada. Um, so the fact that this is an anniversary is actually a regional thing. Yes, and it's not. And given that it's regional, why are we not taking the day that it was shown in Canada 
as the anniversary. Yeah. But anyway, I lived in Grampian, so we're watching so it in is Grampian. It, is it, is it, but is the rest of the world celebrating today as well? Yeah. What's that about? As far as celebrating, it's what we are doing. <laughs> you mean, so I mean, did, I couldn't move today for penny farthings. And <laughs> when did um, when did it come out in Thames? Uh, well, it was a Friday. Oh, it would have been Thames. Oh no, before Thames, it would be LWT. Before LWT, it would have been. Associated with Diffusion. Oh, you've asked me a question now. When uh, would it have been in the London region? It's a, it's a couple of weeks. In a couple of weeks. Yeah, in a couple of weeks. Okay. So. That's okay. it. So that's what we're watching. We're watching the Patrick McGowan show. Do you have the other options to watch? No. So why are you asking the question? Because it would look like it would be like a fun way of starting the podcast. Okay, let's do the prisoner. Sounds exciting. Join us after we've watched the first episode. Or not. <laughs> So, 50 minutes and 50 years later, what did you think, Fiona? I was intrigued. Oh. I, I, I think I might like this. Ah. So, where do we start? Where do we start? He was going at some speed in that car park, wasn't he? That's what I think. Get some speed in At there. the car park at the beginning. Vroom. Straight <laughs> through. You wouldn't get away with that these days. I know. Um... Yeah, so the first thing I said was, oh, he's resigned as a spy. That's what this is all about. That's why he's prisoner. And Has he, he resigned as a spy? Well, that's what I thought. He went in, down a secret door in a secret ah, door in the car park yes. to a room with a spy manager in it and a big map on the wall. I think he might just resign as a car park attendant. You know that's not true. With all the things he knows, what's in that mind is valuable. Who parks where and where? <laughs> He certainly has information, doesn't he? And that's what they're looking for, information. Information. So, why do you think he resigned? I'm kind of feeling it would be on moral grounds. Mm. He does say, well, number two, the first number two does say, uh, I believe your story, point of principle and all that. Hmm. But they don't. Who are they? Who are they? Who now, are they? I've written down some theories. Okay, wow, here we go. Theories. The whole setup is just for him. Oh. All those people are there to get his info. Mm-hmm. Which I think was a bit vindicated as well when we discovered... Can I do spoilers? Obviously for this episode, yes. yes. Um, that Cobb is alive at the end there. Yeah. Um, and that was, so the whole point of um, him seeing Cobb and let him see his friend, then let his friend see him, his friend died to try and break him. Mm-hmm. So that's what I thought about that. Um, I think the mental health experiments he witnessed were there just to make him scared. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> what, that also featured in the the section of my notes called "What the fuck." 
Because that was just druggy stuff going mad, isn't it? With everyone trussed up, lying in a dark room and all that. I don't know. I don't have any experience of mental health institutions. I don't think they do that. Don't they? They've done it 50 years ago. Well, anyway, I I think that was quite... They just let their fun minds go. Mm -hmm. Um, And... Earlier on, before we got the reveal, when he was what first, reveal? Uh, this reveal I'm just about to talk about, okay. that I will reveal. <laughs> reveal the reveal. When he was smoked out, right oh, at the beginning, yes, uh. and then he woke up again, I wrote down room mock up. <sighs> and hey, I was right. Not much gets past you. No. Um, and then I wrote down the doors open automatically, he's mm-hmm. being watched. Mm-hmm. And that, oh, and that all happened that as well, did it? Right. Yeah. Okay. I'm genius. Um, I thought the little butler, a bit James Bondy. Oh, I see what you mean, yeah, sort of slightly odd sidekick. One thing I noted, but I haven't got a, a theory about, mm-hmm. is they were speaking foreign yeah. until they saw he was there and then he spoke English. Mm-hmm. So, which makes you think that they are all acting for him. Okay, with Taxi Driver, did see. Started speaking to speak to him in French. Yeah, but they were speaking like their own little village language or something, weren't they? Well, so you think they are not English? Yes. But they speak perfect colloquial English. Yes. When he when he's there. Yeah. But when he's not there, they speak their whatever yeah. that language was. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um. I think the lava lamps are somehow symbolic, maybe just of the 60s. Mm-hmm. But he notices them in a way he does. In in number two's office? In his ho- own oh, home in his as house. well, and in number two's office. And I, wonder, I, wonder, I often wonder, are there things in his house that aren't in his house in London? Oh, do you think the whole house is a mock-up of his house in London? Uh, I think a lot of it is, yeah. Uh, I hadn't thought that. I just thought when he first woke up, that was the same room. I thought mm-hmm. I I haven't talked that the rest of it. I don't think it can be because you know his house in London is in a Georgian terrace and this is a little building with roundy roundy doors. Don't yeah. you love the roundy doors? Mm. It's very sixties. Mm-hmm. You you must love all the decor in this place. <laughs> is it very sixties or is the prisoner or is it just the prisoner? Is what we think of as being sixties. Oh, I see what you mean. Which came first? Which came first, the sixties or the prisoner? Wow, there we go. For example, I'll well, I drop in some behind the scenes trivia. Go on. Number two's chair. Yeah, the got, oh yeah, the egg the, chair. The egg chair. They got in trouble for that. Why? Because the designer, um, you know, contacted some modern um furniture design place. Habitat or something. Something like that, uh, or I think even more cutting edge than than Habitat, if Habitat even existed then, um. And they showed him this chair, and he said, oh, can we have this? Can we have one of these? And they said, no. And he said, oh, that's a bit of a shame. And then he took measurements of it and made a mould anyway. So uh, <laughs> they got in a bit of trouble for that. Do you remember? But why but, would they say no? Because, because they didn't know what felt, it was going to yeah. be. Yeah. Uh, do you remember when we were at university all those many, many years ago? 20, apparently. Yes, 20. Um, on South Clark Street in Oof. Edinburgh, there was a TV shop, and in the in the window of that TV shop, they had a chair like that. 
No, I do not remember that. I remember that. I was like, oh, that's great. It was, it, it was for sale and it was like £500 or something. To this stage, you regret not buying it? No, because it was £500. It was a bit tatty. Okay. My last theory mm-hmm. is the woman is honestly being used. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, you know, we saw her get her mission. Yes, but I think she was colluding with him and then happened to get him assigned to her. Oh, I so that's what that was supposed to show was that she hadn't previous to that. Yeah. Um, but then she let him go in the she helicopter did, anyway. Did. She genuinely thought the helicopter was an escape. No, that's why she she realised she was being used as a pawn. When because the Cobb are... was with them and he told them she thinks we can get out with a helicopter. I think so. Yeah. Right. I see. Um. Cobb. Cobb is yes minister. He is indeed Paul Eddington. Who is the new number two? The new number two, George Baker, Inspector Wexford. Ah, God, that was killing me. Mm-hmm. Right, okay. Um, so the only other asp- thing I wrote down under what the fuck, which you know I was expecting, was the white ball. Ah, Rover. It's kind of menacing and also a bit cuddly. <laughs> it was a last-minute replacement. They had. Um, it was going to be like a sort of cart on wheels. It, there's pictures of it, and it looks kind of like halfway between a small Volkswagen Beetle, if you imagine that shape, yeah. and a blancmange. Oh, okay. So there was going to be a per- there was a person inside it, but what they discovered was that the person inside it could only see out of this little strip, and then it was going to like drive down, which it did. Uh, and they were told this will be fine. It'll go on what sand? It'll go on grass? It'll go on road? It'll go on water? So we'll test it on the water, and of course it stopped working almost immediately. Uh, and then there's there's sort of conflicting stories about what happened then. One of them was that at that very point, um, Patrick McGowan and David Tomblin, who was the co-writer and one of the uh, kind of producer guys, sighed, turned round and saw a weather balloon in the sky and said, that's what we need. Go and get some of those. And that's what... So is that a weather balloon? Weather balloon. Yeah. So, oh, one thing about the new number two, mm-hmm. he looked too much like the old number two. I didn't know oh, did you change. You didn't notice him changing until it was spoken about. Ah, I thought it looked like Gordon Brown, the new number two. Mm. Now I've never thought Wexford and Brown in the same. No, but then Wexford was a lot older than Gordon Brown. Gordon yes. Brown now is probably the age that mm. Wexford was when he started. I don't know. He's also Sir Hilary Bray in Her Majesty's Secret Service. There you go. So I've got another section in my notes. Okay. Patrick moment. Patrick moments. Patrick moments. So, I just love his calm, angry face. His calm, angry face? Yes. And he's just, like, internally erupting. Like when the girl, the maid woman, mm-hmm. came in. Oh, yeah. And he was just like, that was another mistake they made. You may leave. Sort of cool... Ah, okay, um, but but still clearly clearly angry. angry. Or on his way to his escape when he was trying to say nice things to people. Oh yeah, he yeah, can yeah. feel the tension in his. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's kind of what I meant. So I like that. Um, you know, when he was pausing, when he was taken back a bit, like when the doors opened mm-hmm. automatically, and I think the lava lamps as well. He did mm-hmm. sort of double take kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That was also quite cool. 
Uh, and just generally the close-in shots of his frown mm-hmm. and his sideways glance. Mm-hmm. Which obviously me doing it right now doesn't work for the listeners, but you can yeah. imagine. So I like that. And then when he was in the boat with the girl at the end, uh-huh. getting the watchy thing, he distrusted her. Mm-hmm. But yet there was sexual tension between the two of them. Oh, uh, that's what I thought. Oh. But obviously he won't get it on because of his religious well, beliefs. Let's get it on. But I think he wants to. <laughs> um, do you like number six? He's not a number. He's a free man. He's a free man. Do you like the prisoner? Yes. Am I meant to? Well, I don't... I, oh, I, I, to be honest, watching The Danger Man, the last couple of the Obsessed Danger Man, it, it reminded me, it's like, actually, I always think... I can't, I can't think number six. He isn't a very likeable character. So, you know, you kind of put yourself in his shoes and say, yes, I wouldn't like to be in the position that he's in either. But he is being a bit of an nice No, I like him. Okay. Is he, he a hero? You want him to escape. So yes. But it was a very short series if he escaped in the first episode. And he made it out that end. Also, I you want him to figure out Something they don't want him to know, or, or you know, to mm-hmm. win somehow. Okay. Do you think that's down to Patrick McGowan's acting skills, or something in the script, or maybe it's his acting? But I don't hate. Well, I think that there's a sort of evil. Um, arch enemy element of number two mm-hmm. that makes you want him not to win. So you want to, and and the prisoner is like an underdog. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been treated badly. He just wanted to resign, and they've taken his freedom away. I mean, that's that's kind of why you want him to win. But you can see why. Either the side that he's on thinks he knows too much and are worried that he might be about to go and take all what he knows to the other side and that the other side think would think, oh, this would be an opportunity for us to get all this See, information. See, I'm not, I'm not thinking that he's deserting or, or taking information to the other side. I think he honestly just wants to be gone. But, but can... If we assume that he's a spy, which we seem to have assumed, yeah. we certainly assume that he has information. Uh, important information for the security of the state. Of a state, yeah. Mm-hmm. If you are that state, can you afford can you, can you afford to let people with that kind of information just go off and do what no, they like? No, I know, I know why they're doing it, but I'm just saying I don't think that's his intention. Whose intention? The prisoners. I don't think he resigned. Well, you think you think he's resigned and he wouldn't say anything to anybody. Yeah, he just wants out. Mm-hmm. But, but I mean, I can see why they can't take that risk. But I'm just saying, I'm not, and that's probably part of the reason I think he is a hero and I do want him to win because I don't think he's doing something moral like taking information to the other side. Okay. 
Because he's an individual. Mm-hmm. He's a free man. Okay. What's wrong with a number? Being assigned a number. I am not a number. I am a free man. Because it's a very prison thing, being given a prison number. But you'll be number whatever it is for your pay packet. You'll be number whatever it is for your national insurance. You'll be number whatever it is in the NHS. Driver's licence, passport. Yeah, but I don't get called that number. What's different between a number and a name? Yeah, but it's it's instead of a name. It's not Mm. as well as. They're, they're They're refusing to use his name and they only use his number. So would that be beyond the pale if I was to call you? Yes. Whatever number I would just pick for you. You know, I would let you pick the number. You can pick any number you want. What number do you want to be? I, I'm not going to give you a number. Okay, then I'll pick for you. You are number sixty-seven. Do you like it, number sixty-seven? You're going to call me number sixty-seven now, aren't you? As a, as a little experiment, yes. Number sixty-seven. Till you get really angry. <laughs> you don't say my name that often, so unless you upped it, it wouldn't be that different. I think, uh, I, well, well, let's try it. Let's see how long before you go, stop calling me number 67. That doesn't sound fun. <laughs> it does to me. <laughs> you just like getting me angry. Uh, there's a bit of that. Maybe they just like getting him angry, because as we said, he does angry very well. <laughs> The only other thing I wanted to comment on was the signs that said questions burden is a burden to others and answers are a prison to to oneself. What's all that about? Are questions a burden to others and answers are a prison to oneself? No. Answers are the freedom. Even if you don't like the answers? Better to know than not know. But yet they want answers from him. Maybe that would be the prison. Because if he told them if he told them, what you know, what reason would they have to let him go then? If he told them, he could tell other people. Yeah. Does a still tongue make for a happy life? I bet you think that. Mm-hmm. You'd like everyone to just shut the fuck up. <laughs> well, let's talk about let's talk about the village. Now, it was presented in in such a way as that it seemed quite nice and. Okay, you couldn't get out, and then suddenly, and then you started to see the the sort of darker side of it, beyond that you can't get out, the sort of medical experiments or mm. you know how they were treating people and what have you. But village seemed quite a nice place to to live for a little bite. Do you think? Do you think? How do you think? Do you think that you know a a a focused mind, an expansive mind would immediately rebel against the village in the way he did. Yes, I think you'd be fine. <laughs> Thank you very much. I can imagine you having quite a nice life in that village. You get some peace and quiet, you could read a book. Ah, uh, yeah, good. Play chess. Learn to be in that band that plays the same tune at all times. Ah, oh, do my nuts. <laughs> that tune would be an earwig. Um, yes, it's like this is a Star Wars cantina band, isn't it? It is. A Here's bit. another one we know. <laughs> Why what are about... they all wearing those capes? Or why are they wearing anything they, uh... that they wear? Because it's the village. Mm. Might it be to sort of disorientate people? I think it's more. It, it's all for him. For him, it's all to make him think this is weird, and they've all conformed, and that's what I'm meant to do. And he wants to be an individual. 
He wants to live his retirement. His resignation, rather. Mm. Okay. Do you know it's based on a real place, the village? Well, I, I, I believe they didn't build it for this show. No, no, I mean the idea of the village. What do you mean? Well, apparently, there's a place up near Inverness called Inverlair Lodge, which was requisitioned in the Second World War. And what it was used for then was obviously during wartime, but then when you think about it, and at other times too, there were operations where people got to know things on a need-to-know basis, mm-hmm. but who then, you know, couldn't tell anybody else. So in a benign way, allegedly, what they would do is say, you know too much, so until this operation has happened, you need to go to Inverlear House, mm. which was like a lovely place, can, uh, you know, all kinds of luxury, etc., but it was so you could not, there would be no chance of this information yeah. getting to the enemy. But of course, if you can do that for people who are going there willingly, you can do it for people who are yeah. going there willingly, can't you? Now, that's never really been confirmed that that's what it was, but that's kind of what the sort of suggestion was. Interesting. But yes, the, so the actual village, the place where it was filmed, Meredith, uh, Port Merion in Marion. Wales, it was designed, in inverted commas, by a guy called Sir Clough Williams Ellis, who was basically um, like a sort of Citizen Kane in that he loved architecture Hmm. um, and sort of odd architecture. So if he saw a building that he liked and it was being, you know, cut down or whatever, knocked down, he would buy it and transport it and build. So all these places were all places from other parts of the world. But part of the deal for um for letting them film there extensively was that they would not publicise until the series was over where it was filmed. Mm-hmm. Although it was pretty obvious because folk knew about it anyway. Yeah. Um, so is it a place that even in his day you could go and visit? Yes. You can go with um, it now. So it wasn't like his own private No, village. he lived there but so did other people. Ah. Um uh, but I think as his tenants, can you you couldn't buy and sell you know. property. I don't, think, so I don't think you can now either. Um, but I bet he was a bit selective about who lived there as well, because they would possibly. pretty much be his community. Yeah. I'm not sure there was any sort of community thought behind it, can building a community. It was more that he just liked all this strange architecture. Interesting. Mobile phones and wireless speakers. Is that not of the day? No, you know, we didn't have wireless speakers till very, very recently. No, oh, the mobile phones as well. They, they were quite big. Still. They're more like cordless phones anyway. Okay, but the wireless speakers, come on, that's only in the last ten years that you've really had wireless speakers. It was like streaming music. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah that's true. So, you enjoyed it though? I did. Uh-huh. And I'm willing to do it again. To do it again. Uh, and do you think he's going to escape? I think he's probably going to attempt every episode. I don't um, think he's going to succeed, or else the programme would have to stop. Unless it became about what happened. No, no, I think, I think the whole series is in the village. Okay. So I want to carry on at the village. And who Who are the, Who do you think is... Who are they? I think it's his side. It's his side, not the other side. Not the other side. Or one of the other sides. No. Who are his side? The British government. Do you think the British government would do something like that? Yeah. Do you think they're doing it right now? Yeah. 
Look to the sky. Why? I don't know, because you should. Look at look at the phone lines. <laughs> look at the phone lines? As in tapping and all that. Oh, like, yeah, like um, phone hacking. Mm. Well, okay, all the surveillance. I know. Now, in, in the, again, something that maybe we just kind of gloss over now, but in the 60s, that would have been, they're watching you everywhere. And it's like, yeah, they're pretty much watching you everywhere. Yeah. With all the CCTV and that, so, that goes on these days. It probably wasn't quite as surprising in the 60s as the common folk would have thought. As in, the the government were probably doing all of this back then as well. I don't, I don't know if the technology really existed to be able to watch everywhere like they were there. No, but the listening. Hmm. But I think the, I think the, the scary thing thinking about today is, yeah, in the sixties they would have had to have known we're watching person A, but these days they could watch everybody at the same time. I know. Everyone's watching you. Hmm. Think on. Scary. Scary. So, um, that's a bit of a downer note to end on, but we are, we are, did enjoy it, and we are going to watch next episode. Yes? Yes. Okay. So, if you would like to contact us to uh, give your views on The Prisoner, or or us. Uh, or us, or the podcast, or anything like that, but as I said, no uh, correspondence is going to be entered into vis a vis the. Um, the order we're watching these. The order we're watching these, no. Uh, you can do so. Um, when I think, when I'm trying to remember what on earth the uh, uh, address is that, I'm, that I used for this. Uh, on Twitter, we are at PrisonerPod. And at Gmail, we are something else. We might have to come back to you on what we are at Gmail. Uh, but um, it will definitely well prepared, be... Well prepared, well prepared. Yeah, sorry. Uh, we will definitely definitely be. Uh, you can like pause it, no, find out, and then come no, back. No, I refuse. I refuse. You want to take wonder, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, folk love this bit. <laughs> folk will love it when we go. What's going on now? They're just wittering away. But it'll be on the uh, on the notes of the uh, of the podcast. So if you, if you want to contact us at, uh, by email, you can do so. Uh, otherwise, we say thank you very much to number sixty-seven. Thank you. That's me, by the way. And we'll see you next time when we carry on up the village. Bye. Bye!